0: Yo, 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 what's up? It's your girl, Black Madonna, coming to you straight out of the glass city with my podcast, Someone Said. um, Tonight's episode, I am going to be talking about Trigger Warning with Killer Mike. And if you don't know who Killer Mike is, he is the 43-year-old rapper out of Atlanta, Georgia. But he is also an entrepreneur and a social activist. And in his most recent endeavor, he did a six-part docuseries that can be found on Netflix called Trigger Warning with Killer Mike. And we are going to break ours down into six-part as well, taking each podcast to focus on each episode because, one, I haven't even got all the way through the series. And, two, it's just a lot more fun that way. So (laughs) let's get into this first episode where... Killer Mike decided that he was going to live black for three days. And what I mean by living black is that he was going to live off of only black products. Only, only, only. To the point where the food that he was eating had to come from a black farm. Um, he is a marijuana smoker. Uh, he didn't just want to use a black dealer. He wanted to to be grown by black Growers, so it was quite an interesting episode, and again, that could be found on Netflix. It's called Trigger Warning with Killer Mike. And basically, the point that he was making is that black people thrive because of segregation. Killer Mike is one of those activists who feel like segregation. Um, harmed the black community more than it helped the black community that we fought to be equal that we fought to be a part of or considered part of the society as you know as other races were mainly white races were um, because other minorities weren't considered you know an issue at that point as much as now but uh, we are coming he, right in the civil rights area where we fought all hard for segregation. And Killer Mike is saying that, you know, segregation is what ruined us because once segregation came in and black people felt that they could go wherever they wanted to go, that they didn't have to be confined to the black community that we started to spread out and we took our business with us, which affected a lot of different black businesses. So he made it a point for three days to live totally black. And it gets kind of extreme to the point where because there are no hotels, no black hotels, um, he ends up sleeping on a park bench one night. And because there are... um No black owned car companies. Uh, He ended up. Going to. One of the local. um, Bicycle shops in Atlanta. And purchasing a bicycle to get around. Because there are no black owned car companies. So my question is. The city that you live in now. I live in Toledo Ohio. Would. You be able to live. Totally black. If. The government came right now like, you know what? I'm tired of all you uh, black activists talking about you need this, you need that. You're not treated the same and this and that and bring this back and you want your own this and you want your own that. Well, here, I'm going to give you this piece of land and y'all, y'all, will we be able to come together and live totally black? Do you have black farmers where you live? Do you have black grocery stores to distribute the food where you live? Would you do you have black buses, bus bus lines, or people who could run a bus line, black public transportation? Do you have, you know, black homeowners that would be able to accommodate enough space to take in a community for them to live in or you know do we just have black property owners who have maybe a home here a home there a home here a home there we do we have whole neighborhoods to ourselves do we own whole neighborhoods because I can tell you right now I live in the hood but I know for a fact that okay I do property maintenance um, as one of my businesses Kingdom Landscape and Cleaning Service, LLC, shout out, you feel me, plug my own business. I do property maintenance, but my biggest client right now are Indian, and they live out of state. So do we have local black property owners with the ability to buy whole neighborhoods at a time? Do we, would we be able to live totally black? I know there's a lot of people around me who smoke marijuana. I'm a person who smokes marijuana. Would I be able to still indulge in that activity? If I decided that I could only buy from a black grower, would I have to travel? How would I, how would I get it? How do I know where it's coming from? These are things that we don't know because even though our money is constantly being spent and if you watch the first episode, he breaks down a lot of black spending and how important our dollar is, how quick we spend it and how much of it circulates. But look at how it circulates. Everything that we receive comes from another party. A lot of us are not directly plugs to purchase our own items and then sell them. We have to get them from another person who got them from another person for us to sell. And it's already, by the time we get it, it's been taxed and watered down. We don't, we aren't the, you know, the main person who is providing this resource or this material it talks about a black owned telecommunications company on there would we be able to use the phone here in toledo ohio if we had to just buy black or will we just be out of luck will we just have to go to a system of where we just meet meet up and (laughs) that's the only way we know what's going on we're talking can to can Will we have our phones taken away because of this? If we had to really live black and these are things, even though it's extreme, these are things that we should think about because it just shows us how little control we have over goods and services, even though our dollar is important. So what do we do with that information? What do we do with the information of what we're spending and how we're spending it? And then you hear a lot of complaining that goes on with black businesses. Let me tell you, it's not just black businesses that are unprofessional. But I feel like black people have built up such a reputation with one another that, you know, we don't expect good customers. So we don't expect good customer service either. It goes both ways. It's like, I've, I'm guilty. I've done it before. Uh, working as a server, back in the day when I worked at Bob Evans, sometimes I would like didn't want to be waiting on black people because I'd be thinking in my head, like, man, they probably not going to tip. It's probably about to be this. It's probably about to be a problem, this and that, attitude, this and that. Sometimes it would, but sometimes it wasn't. We judge each other in such a negative light because the world usually judges us in a negative light and a lot of us are living up to that. So when does it stop? When does it come to a point where we stop judging each other and looking at each other in that negative light, holding each other to a higher standard, allowing our peers to hold us accountable, for our actions so we can actually grow? When are we going to start accepting constructive criticism from one another? When are we going to actually start linking up with the people that we're claiming we're going to link up with because we could work together and we could actually do good work together, but we rather sit on social media and lie about linking up with each other knowing that you're probably not going to link up with this person or when the time does come for you to link up with this person you, you know, back out and it's not always intentional. I know that for a fact that a lot of us are weighed down with depression. A lot of us are weighed down with PTSD. A lot of us have been diagnosed with bipolar disorders and manic depressions and schizophrenia and all type of different things. Let me tell you how bad the conditioning is. Like when I go into stores that I know that they are going to be predominantly white shoppers in, like earlier when I was in home Depot, I feel the need because it's cold. than an MF up here, it is freezing cold. Um, I feel the need to open my coat in the store because I don't want to be followed and I don't want anybody giving me the side eye while I'm trying to shop. Not that I care because if you approach me or if I catch you following me, I'm the one, I am the one, okay? I'm the one to turn around and cuss you out and let you know something Um, because I don't steal, okay? But still, just the condition of wanting to be left alone, wanting to be able to shop in peace, you know, without somebody looking at me or feeling like somebody following me, like, dude, you was just over there in the other hour. You're not gonna tell me that you over here now. You feel me? So that's what I mean. That type of conditioning coming from not having our own. So I encourage you to watch uh, Trigger Mike's theory. I am going to finish it, but right now, y'all, I'm in the middle of the have and have nots. I'm not gonna lie to you. I get a cold day tomorrow. I don't gotta go to work. I am probably going to finish a couple more episodes of that. Then I'm gonna flip to one more episode of Killer Mike's trigger warning and then I'm probably gonna flip back to the have and have nots. You know, balance. I gotta have some balance. You feel me? But, um, Make sure that y'all check that out. And if you have any questions, any comments, anything you want to add, anything you want to talk to, talk to me about, make sure you hit me up. You can leave me a voice message or anchor on the anchor app. Or you can hit me on my Gmail, which is 1BLKMDNA at gmail.com. That's one Madonna at gmail.com. That's 1BLKMDNA at gmail.com. Um how else can you reach me? You can shoot me an inbox on Messenger, you can DM me on Twitter, Instagram, which is also just one black madonna, one B L K M D N A um, Because it is only one Black Madonna. You feel me? Um, I hope everybody is staying warm in this cold weather. And if you have anything to contribute to anyone, an old coat, old blanket, old space heater, scarf, hats, gloves, anything, make sure that you find a way to do so. Um, I have once lived in a house with no heat. We were heating up the whole house with the electric stove. It went out um luckily one of my aunts came through for me she gave me 150 dollars to go buy me another stove i heated up my house a little bit longer Uh, a couple weeks later i was able to get my gas on and trust me i ain't let that crap get shut off since so make sure that if you are in a position to help somebody else that you continue to do so this is a cold cold world we are in literally at this point if you are anywhere in the midwest um and other parts, but I live in the Midwest, so I can only talk about the Midwest, you feel me? I'll keep it with everybody weather. Um, so please, again, go check out Trigger Warning with Killer Mike and open up your mind, think so we can progress. Peace. I love y'all. Be blessed. Stay warm. What's up, it's your girl, Black Madonna coming to you straight out of the glass city with my podcast someone Set. um on this episode we're going to continue talking about uh trigger warning killer mike's documentary on netflix um so i just finished episode two yesterday and um i did a little poll to go with it we'll get to that in a minute but first let me go over some of the things that i took from trigger warning watching this episode um so this episode season one episode two is called f school and um it was just talking about how schools in the hood are underserved underfunded and have teachers with little experience causing a lack of education, Um, even comparing the education in um, the hood to third world countries. So um, Killer Mike, he went to talk to the kids and stuff about trades and He had a conversation with the principal about the things that we teach. Um, Are we teaching our kids a lot of useless information with uh, the different maths, trigonometry, calculus, algebra, a lot of things that I have yet to use Um, with writing. Well, I understand like um, a lot of different subjects are to prepare you for a different course because uh, even when, I started working a little bit in the medical field and I thought that I was going to go to nursing school. Um, I remembered a lot of things from anatomy and physiology and um, biology. So I know that a lot of the different courses, um, the advanced coursework as you go further and further along in school is to prepare you for a career, you know. Um, But should we be teaching trades as well? Um, I remember being in MedTech. I remember um we and we had auto mechanics and wood shop when I was at Waite. We had MedTech and construction when I was at Libby. I know Scott had broadcasting and cosmetology and different things like that. So um but they are starting to take a lot of those different programs out of public schools. So uh Killer Mike feels like schools are teaching children useless Knowledge. Um, when in this part it might be just something I caught. Maybe I was reading it too or too deep. But when he went to the elementary school to talk to the children, and he asked them if they like school, like school or not. Um, the two children, um, the two black children, the one with the locks or whatever in his hair immediately blurted out no and the other child uh, who was a little bit darker than he was was talking about how no how children were mean to him from the first day of school um, said that he looked different because his skin looked like poop so you know I won't go down the rabbit hole on that one you could take that one for what it is and do some more research but um, I just found that kind of interesting Um, so after talking to the principal about putting trade programs in school, whether or not you believe they would work, um, obviously elementary school, um, there's a bit of a hazard, you know, doing carpentry and welding and woodworking and stuff like that. So he took to the streets and he got together this focus group to see what they, if they had any basic trade knowledge about, um, Fixing plugs and Carpentry and all these Other different type of things And um, they pretty much all Failed the test So from Them failing the test And him Trying to figure out ways To teach trade He came up with the idea To use pornography Now (laughs) It kind of you know it kind of went left. I didn't know that it was gonna go there when I was watching the episode, but uh alarmingly, he said they the statistic is that um online porn sites have forty million visitors per day, and um twenty eight thousand per second being clicked on or streamed. So, uh that is more than Netflix, Amazon and Twitter combined as far as visitors go daily. So, he came up with this idea to try to make trade sexy and he got together and he got some actors um and they basically filmed um a pornographic movie with um while teaching um trade it had uh different tips and different um lessons in there about how to do electrical work plumbing carpentry i think fixing the door and while he took this this movie Back to his focus group And they took the test They passed it um, He even went as far to take it to one of the Technical colleges Down there in Atlanta To see if it is a program That they would like to implement um, Because it was Effective and because of the Statistic I put out a poll on my Facebook um, My Ask FM, And Twitter Um, to who watches porn? Because forty million visitors and twenty eight thousand clicks per second. Um, that's a lot. And surprisingly, but not surprisingly, ninety percent. I say. Um, altogether, I got about fifty votes. I got about thirty off of Facebook. I got about twenty off of AskFM. Only one person voted on Twitter. I really need to get my followers up for real. Um, but out of those fifty one votes, ninety percent of the people who answered answer yes, they do watch porn. Um I did not put the post up to judge, but I was just curious as to um is he really on to some <laughs> is he really on to something with trying to put trade And carpentry and electronic I mean electronics and uh electrical, I mean plumbing and all of those type of lessons inside of pornographic movies. And um we all know that sex sales. He even had like a sex worker um talking about how she can pretty much make anybody do anything just to solidify the fact that if he puts these lessons inside of pornography, then people would learn and was saying she was saying like all of the things that she's able to get people to do just via webcam, not even in person. So, um, there's another conversation to be had here about sex and pornography and perspective and how we see things and um how we identify things how we learn things how important sex really is in adults lives how do we become stimulated what um is there an alternative method um i just believe that the main thing is is that sex reaches a place in your mind and a place in you emotionally that a lot of other stimuli can't get to and that's just my personal opinion um i have yet to watch porn yet this year i said that i was going me personally i decided to start watching porn just because the way I would feel after <laughs> I got through, like, watching it or getting with every stimulation that I call myself getting, um, I just didn't feel satisfied and I didn't feel right. So I said, you know, maybe it's just time for me to stop and, you know, be a grown up and make my own. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> But um, anyway, um, I'll be talking about episode three pretty soon here. And uh, even though the poll is closed. um, I do want to have a deeper conversation about how all of this ties in together. Um, How stimulated, how motivated are we? by sex how driven are we is sex addiction real um is there an alternative method how do you just because you are um addicted What's up, everyone? It's your girl, Black Madonna, coming to you with my podcast, Someone Said, straight out of the glass city for one night, Toledo Stand Up. Um, So, I've been gone for a couple weeks. I am working on some other projects that I am trying to launch, Um, some media stuff I got working on. I've been working on my music. Um, I'm recording a video this week. I got an interview uh, coming up. Over the next couple weeks, um, so your girl's been busy. I got a lot on my plate, but I'm glad because uh, I am accomplishing goals, knocking some things off of the vision board, and you know, just trying to keep the pace. Not necessarily keep up with nobody else, but you know, keep the pace, you feel me? So let's get into the third episode of Trigger Warning by Killer Mike. Um, we already talked about episodes one and two in the previous episodes of my podcast. Someone said, uh, and we're going to get into the third episode of this first season. I don't know if Netflix is going to pick it back up. I am only going episode by episode, so when I talk to you about the episode, I have not seen the next episode to come. So we just focusing on one episode at a time. Um, This third episode was quite interesting and I found it really inspiring. Um, In this third episode uh, Killer Mike enlightens us to the fact that uh, first of all it's called White Gang Privilege and the White Gang Privilege that he's talking about is he is talking about Hell's Angels the uh predominantly white biker gang i don't know if there are um black people in the hell's angels but i know that people started using the hell's angels in fashion and they decided to brand it and make money off of it and now it's being sold in major retail stores so killer mike introduces this idea to whom the crips and the bloods um so, you know, it starts out with them going about it the way that you would. Uh sorry, I just got in. I'm taking my coat off if you hear the little zip zip, zip, zip. Um, and I didn't just realize I still had it on. So he takes his idea to the Crypts of Bloods. Like, what if you branded something on your own and took um game culture? Out of a negative light because gang culture was originally started as protection. Crimson and bloods to protect uh, the neighborhood from growing crime rates that uh, drugs was bringing in. Um, so, he took them to a bank first to see if he could get them a loan for a business. But obviously, uh, you know, they've been banging. They don't have no uh, paperwork. They ain't been keeping no receipts. You know what I'm saying? All those stuff that, all the paperwork and stuff that you need to open up a loan through a bank. Obviously, they don't have that. They've been running the streets. They, this is what they do. This is who they are. That's what they've been doing. So, they decide to come up with a business called Crippa Cola, and it was its own. Cola with only six ingredients, which is good uh, because Killer Mike gave the analogy in the episode that uh, nothing really, uh, Coca-Cola, the brand, the soda, kills more people than actual gangbanging through gang violence, which is still not good almost up to 3,000 lives each year is lost through gang violence or gang members, gang activity. While the the cancer-causing ingredients that are in soda, processed food, and all of that stuff, kill up to 300,000 people a year. And that's just uh, that's just uh, off of, like, diabetes and heart disease and high cholesterol. We haven't even, you know, factored in cancer and all those type of things that we get. They are discovering more and more that there are many cancer-causing agents in a lot of this stuff that's being processed. In a minute, you know, we're just going to be forced to make all our own stuff, and it's going to be survival of the fittest. You don't have to mark my words on that. I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, so, you know, but I'm just telling you. There's they constantly every day something is coming out about what's wrong with the food, the things that we drink when. We knew it was something wrong with it anyway because half of those ingredients, majority of those ingredients that come in that stuff, I can't even pronounce. And I knew from a very young age that, you know, I don't know a whole lot, but maybe we shouldn't be drinking something called high fructose corn syrup but you know it's a sweetener that's what we like we it it gets us going you know what i'm saying it tastes good it feels good when we eat it but you know i've been on this track doing the green print and i have the book and if anybody is interested in doing a green print challenge where you try to um you don't have to necessarily go vegan that's my ultimate goal but there are plenty of other plant based meals in there for you to just start switching some things out in your diet, you know what I'm saying, just to start eating better. So, if anybody has any questions about that, please feel free to hit me up. Um, I do have a number, I cannot think of the right number off my head. Let me look it up while I'm talking to y'all. So he takes these guys to the bank or whatever, and, you know, they don't get the loan, obviously, so they decide they're going to go home. They're going to make their own cola. They call it Cripper cola. So what they do is that they go to certain stores in the neighborhood to see if they would be willing to sell it, but the first thing that everybody was thinking, like, oh, wow, this is gang-related, so I don't want to use it. They're not seeing the bigger picture, of like, oh, even though it's made by gang members, they're trying to go straight they're trying to take the name and turn it back into a positive. It didn't work like that. So they, didn't, they weren't able to get any source to um, buy in on this idea of Cripple Cola. So they go back to the drawing board and they was like, well, they do a, a focus group. So the focus group agrees that it is good. Once they found out the name and what it was related to, there were so many different comments flying out. Like, what if you're walking down the street drinking cola and a rival gang member sees you and you get shot? Now, in our mind, we thinking like, ain't nobody going to be that stupid to shoot somebody for drinking a soda. But... That is what the media has put out. That is what is portrayed. That is what happens, you know. Gang rivalries and wars, they happen. But anyway, so after Killer Mike explains that, you know, these are some guys that's trying to go straight. We're just trying to take the name and brand it. You know, you guys are being a little bit racist about it. You know, once they really get get to talk to the guys (coughs) that Killer Mike has chosen to do this business venture with, And, you know, they soften up a little bit more. And Killer Mike, they come up with the idea, why don't we bring the Bloods in too? So now we don't have just Cripple Cola. We also have Blood Pop. I think that's what it's called. Blood, soda, Blood Pop, whatever. And they take it to like an outdoor event where there has different vendors and they're marketing and they're selling and they're warming people up to it and they end up actually doing really good. Then they after people get a chance to talk to them and they see that people like it then the stores begin to accept it and the local stores begin to accept it and sell it. So is the idea does it doesn't have to be soda Is this an idea that we can implement into our own communities? Are we pushing entrepreneurship enough? Do we push education too much? What can we do to fill the gap between us and our youth to get them so much focused out of the culture, and I say that with quotation fingers, because the culture is something that's kind of changing, but the word has been so prominent now since the dawn of mumble Rap. We have went into the culture, and what this culture is is this culture of drugs and the culture of not just drugs, women, sex, and money, because that has been a part of the rap culture since the rap culture has been the rap culture. But we're talking about at the place where it's at now. Um, where they're getting younger and younger, the style of dress, all the tattoos, the tight chains, the tight clothes, the colorful dress and the colorful hair, and all the different flamboyant things and style. I'm not judging the culture because if you take a look back in time, jump back 10 years to the early 2000s, where guys were wearing long t-shirts and braids and two earrings in their ears and this and that. Ten years before that, what? The 90s. And ten years before that, think about how they were doing in the 80s. And before that, in the 70s, with the bell bottoms and the crop tops. Me and wearing platform boots. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm not talking about this culture, but I'm just talking about where we are at right now as a culture. Can we start implementing these kind of ideas? Has anybody ever thought about taking their money and possibly opening up um, a boutique for young girls to run the same way that we buy things wholesale some of the extreme couponers could we come together open up a store can we buy out one of these plazas in my city right now i can think of three plazas in the inner city that are in need of dire attention and the one right there at franklin vancroft that one is pretty much ready it looks nice the parking lot is all done but what's there what's there it's just an area screaming for black businesses, for entrepreneurship, for programs, for community. Inez Nash Park is right next to it. You understand what I'm saying? There's opportunity, there is beauty in these in this neighborhood, in Central Toledo, in the inner city. So can we take the same idea implemented in Trigger Mike where we take things that are being used as negatives and turn around as positives and and put these kids on a road, put these young men, put these young ladies on a road to entrepreneurship? I know that it's being done. But how are we all going to come together as a collective needs to be the next thing. When are we going to just have one big conversation where all are invited? Not saying that the community organizations around the Toledo community, which I commend, I don't want to get to naming off names because then I don't want to risk the chance of leaving anybody out. But if you are active in the city of Toledo and building up our city and taking care of our youth and taking care of our city, then I salute you. I applaud you. But we're not that big of a city to where we cannot come together and start putting our heads together and start building because, to me, it feels like we're just kind of maintaining. But at the same time, while we are only maintaining, things are steady being taken out, like save lot leaving the plaza right here on Monroe and Detroit. Who was impacted by that? How many do you think were actually impacted by that? Has anybody thought about where the next grocery store is in the radius Of the Monroe Detroit area. And how many people. May not actually have the transportation they need. To get to that place. So. While we're thinking about those questions. Of how our community. Is really being impacted. By the lack of funds. By the lack of business. By the lack of entrepreneurship. Let's talk brands. Um. Fashion industry uh, gets a thumbs down from me for the winter. I do not know um, if there was some type of secret society meeting and they decided that, you know what? We want to use black oppression as a fashion theme, but we have to kind of ease it in there. So it's not going to just pop up. Um, at Fashion Week, uh, as the actual theme, even though that is the real theme, we're just going to slide it on in there, here and there. Uh, Katy Perry, Montclair, Prada, um, uh, Gucci, Reebok, maybe Abercrombie & Fitch or America Eagle with the shackle bracelet, Burberry with the noose. Okay. So... Um, you know, there is an argument that, you know, that black people make everything about race and we're always complaining about race. But some things are just distasteful and useless and reckless and just all out disrespectful. Um, nooses, first of all, should be offensive to everyone. Because not only were black people hanged, people being hanged, period, is kind of, you know, is heinous. It's cruel. Hanging is is not tied to anything good. Suicide. All those different type of things. You know, the blackface is also a sign of oppression of when, you know, they wouldn't even let black performers play black performers. They'd rather paint their face black and do it themselves instead of hiring black performers. And then most of the time, it was the character was some old goofy, doofy black character, oh, yes and boss, yes and ma'am, and you know, there have been intelligent black people since the beginning of time, period. We are the beginning of time, and it's just offensive, it's offensive. And, you know, I don't know what side that everybody's taking on this, but, you know, I just feel like I had to express my opinion and express why I don't think that is cool. Because it's basically like stabbing someone and then going and putting salt on a wound that has not even healed yet. It'd be one thing if, you know, our wounds had healed, but we, this generation, right here in 2019, is still suffering from a lot of the oppression of our ancestors not being able to have things, not being able to do what they needed to do to build wealth. A lot of us are starting our lives at rock bottom. I started my life as an adult At the age of 18, 17 and a half to be exact, I already was in subsidized housing, living in an apartment, getting ready to have a car with my little minimum wage job, and I thought that I was on the road to somewhere, which I was on the road to somewhere, because I thank God for the many things that he has done in my life, and what he has shown me by allowing myself to be self-made, you feel me, not Uh, Other than my support system where we depend on each other, not really having a handout to depend, depend on, not prostituting myself to get the things that I want and not being nobody flunky to get the things that I want. So I thank God that I had to, you know, climb blood, sweat, tears, rock bottom, broke, broke, you know, but I am no longer broke. I'm not rich, but I'm not broke. We're not, I'm not speaking that over myself anymore because I, God has been opening up some doors as, you know, I just allow myself to be myself. Sometimes you have to allow yourself to be yourself. But as far as this blackface goes, I'm going to tell y'all something. Racial issues are going to keep coming up. It's going to keep coming up in every generation because racism is not dying out in America, period. The whole country is built on violence and racism. Discrimination. So, you know, that's what makes Make America Great Again so offensive. Everybody asks, like, well, I don't understand why anybody gives an F because it doesn't have... It does. If we keep turning a blind eye to the things that we see... And that is basically a saying, accepting it in it's all okay. And what do you think that somebody is going to do? If they're applying a little bit of pressure to your neck, and you're not saying, ow, ooh, something, what you gonna think they're trying to do if the whole intention of them putting their foot on your neck is to take you out, what do you think that they're going to do when you're not saying anything about the little bit of pressure they're applying? They are gonna apply some more until they get you where they want you and that's completely exterminated wiped out whatever people can say whatever they want to say but there are plenty of people in this country who you know are satisfied with the state of the world matter of fact i was at work earlier and um this white guy makes a joke and i make a joke back like i'm would slap you he was like you slap me and I made a joke back like hell no I wouldn't slap you so the police can come and get me he's a 57 year old white man they ain't gonna care about him being gay first thing they gonna say black female and it was a joke but it's really not a joke if me and him were standing somewhere we were arguing and he called for help who do you think that the and he just because he the first one who called for help they gonna start questioning and interrogating me It, it happened to me before where I was not the aggressor, I was the actual victim and but because the other person was a person of a lighter shade, meaning white, I was the one being questioned, and I'm like, no, I'm not the aggressor here i'm not the I'm the victim here. This is what's really going on and then they begin to listen to my story so let me tell you something anything. About black oppression, that is not coming about black people, whether it be black art with us expressing ourselves, black fashion, us expressing ourselves, healing ourselves, releasing ourselves. It does not need to come out. Katy Perry had no business doing any blackface shoes. Gucci, Prada, Burberry, whoever. None of those big names that, first of all, appeal... Even though we're the ones who buy it, because black people buy that stuff, guess what, to flex on other black people, white people is who is geared toward, because you don't have to teach black people how to dress. We are style. Their style comes from our style. All this different color pop, the 90s, and all of that different stuff, because Uh, apparently, you know, 90s fashion is still around. It came. I thought it was going to leave. I didn't really know where we were going to go after that. But, obviously, we're not going to go anywhere. We're going to stay right here in the 90s. Fine with me. I like color blocking. I like bright colors. I like baggy clothes sometimes. You feel me? With the hats and the whole Aaliyah look. You feel me? Um, which I never got back to that whole Aaliyah R. Kelly. I finished the series and, um, ooh. Anyway. So, my suggestion to you is that you start buying local. I feel like that is the biggest step on both sides. Not just for what we talked about with the trigger warning with Killer Mike with pushing entrepreneurship but also with the rebuilding of neighborhoods, we have to start buying local. I guarantee you in any black community, there is designers. There's anything. If it's not, start calling them out because they probably got the dream and they don't know how to get to it. So if you know how to help them build it, then you help them build it. Start building them in your own community. We have to stop supporting people who don't support us. They could care less if we wear they stuff because all we do is we pin it on we pay two three four five thousand dollars for it just to get on instagram and flex on other people of color so we can get the oohs the eyes the love and the hate so my wish of you is that you just begin to buy local start looking up black designers hell start designing clothes yourself whatever we got to do by any means necessary so, this is going to be the end of my podcast. I am so glad I was able to get this out the way because now once that I have got started back up, even though I'm still busy, we're going to keep it going. I'm going to get into episode four, but I've been venturing off into my other shows like American Gods. Well, season two comes on March 10th and I cannot wait. Um, I, don't, I told you I'm a, I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist, so you know that show is just right up my alley. Um, I finished The Have and Have Nots. I'm caught up. Ooh, but a new one does come on tonight. I can't wait. And let me see. Game of Thrones, I got to get caught up on that. Green Leaf, what other shows am I into right now? Um, I'm kind of on the fence with Power. I don't know. I don't know. Me and Power got like a love-hate relationship right now. I don't know why I'm not really vibing with Power right now, but um, I might get back into that when I get done with my other stuff. But if you know any other good shows, hit me up, let me know. Email me, 1BLKMDNA at gmail.com, or you can hit me on my Google number, which is, hold up, hold up, wait, Um, I'm so excited that I finished my podcast, I'm getting a little silly, getting a little silly, let me try to find my Google voice number, real quick, I have no idea, I got a new phone, I'm back on the iPhone, Gang, gang, gang. Still got my Android close to me because of some things you can do on Android that you can't do on Apple. Some things I love about Apple that I don't love about Android. So I have been blessed with the best of both worlds, but uh, predominantly right now, Apple gang. So let me try to go to my Black Madonna page on the Book of Faces and look up this Google number where y'all can hit me up and start leaving me messages. Why y'all won't call me? Call me. Leave me a message. Call. Tell somebody else to call me. Leave me a message. Start sharing my page. Start sharing my podcast. Come on, Celito. Let's get it popping for sure. So my Black Madonna phone line. The back phone number is. Five six seven two zero zero five eight eight seven. That's five six seven two zero zero five eight eight seven. Or again, you can email me at one blkmdna at gmail.com, If you are on Facebook, you can look me up blkmdna um on Facebook. I do have another Facebook, but I gotta check you out on my regular Facebook first. Um. Also, IG B-L-K-M-D-N-A brand on Instagram. The Black Madonna brand on Instagram. Check your girl out. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Y'all have the a blessed week it's tax time for them people got them taxes dropping if you don't got those taxes dropping thank god that you are in a higher ta- tax bracket uh if you do got some taxes dropping do what you can and invest yo- in yourself to get you up to a higher tax bracket you feel me all right so that's my time i love y'all be blessed